Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I love to talk to creative types about how they do their thing, how they hang in there. This week, my guest is someone that has done the podcast before, John Cantwell, uh, a.k.a. Love Connie. But because his new show is so right up my alley, I had to do a whole new episode and talk about the new show. It's called A Little More Love Connie, and it's all themed to Olivia Newton-John and her music. And I'm a diehard fan from way back. And so I wanted to get together with John and talk all things ONJ, which we did. Um, before we get to the interview, I want to mention Mismatch Game is coming up this weekend, the 7th and 8th, uh, at the Redberg Theater in Hollywood. Hope you can come out. Um, it's also the same day that John's show, A Little More Love Connie, opens, but his show runs for three weekends. So you could do both. And I'm certainly going to try to do both. Um, I hope I have a voice on Friday for the show. You can hear I'm still struggling. And I also wanted to mention that I'm going to put out a few podcasts right in a row because they are tied to shows that are currently showing here in L.A. And I missed a few weeks because I've been under the weather. So um, you'll probably see this podcast right on the heels of one that came a few days ago and another one probably coming soon. So there's that. Um, Thanks for listening. And without any further ado, here is John Cantwell. Hey there, I'm coming to you from the apartment of John Cantwell, a returning champion, a, a, a returning guest of the podcast. Not again. Not again, but I had to have you on again because your new show is oh my right God. up it's, my alley. It's the very, phones are ringing off the It's hook. very it's busy again. in here. You've got to get your tickets fast. I know. Oh my God. Okay, go ahead. Go Hello? Ahead it. Hello? Um, oh, it's just a robocall. I'm sorry, we don't have any tickets left. <laughs> See, I love that. Were they, um, maybe it was for the next year's Super Bowl. It could have been. Okay, I think it was the Iowa caucus. <laughs> I won. You won I the won. Iowa caucuses. I'm not there, but um, I won. You know, Super Bowl just happened, and I just watched the J-Lo uh, Shakira thing twice. I love it. I can't get enough. But I would love to see Love Connie do the Super Bowl halftime show. Well, that was my How whole... Would that, I, what would that look like? Well, I didn't watch it, but, right. you know, I saw... I, I, I just come at the end when everyone's responding to everything, and then I feel like I saw it, or I don't have to see it anymore. It's, and it's so intense. Everyone... People just try to do things that are good and entertaining, and everyone just shits on them constantly. It's crazy, our culture. Anyway. I just think of all... They think they're naked, and and coming from someone who actually performs, you know, in even a fraction of what they had on their bodies. Are they aware of how many nylons J-Lo has to put on her yeah. legs to right. just keep those things intact? Right. You know? It's like a Teflon coating. Practically. I would love, I know I would love to see them, yeah. uh, to see Connie up there in a Kathy Ireland Kmart bikini that is right. three sizes too small and then have a problem with what they saw shaking and flapping around up there. Throngs of dancers. And then like she would do her <laughs> air piano few riffs like she would you have to get everything oh connie i thought you were talking about j-lo and i was like wait a minute did she do oh no connie i want connie's halftime show so we're talking about connie connie is your character love connie and the new show is all olivia newton john and so i'm like this was made for me this is my gift for surviving uh the last few years of life and now i'm gonna have a a connie show and an (laughs) olivia show so tell me about the the show um and and the title and a little more love, Connie. A little more love, Connie. I love a play on words. Yes, I um well of I've done about fifteen shows, and most of the shows are just you know it's stuff ideas that have been lingering around. Whether I've wanted to put Connie in jail or right. you know um, whatever, but 
This um, is a show that I really, I just, a couple of months ago, I had been talking about it and everything, and then a friend of mine who sponsored the show and uh, had told me, you know, if you do it, if you do it, I will sign a check. You know, like, he Somebody, really wanted this a, to a happen. Real, a, Olivia fan. A, a real Olivia wow. fan. Like us. And um, when I finished my last show, I thought, all right, well, what am I going to do next? Because Valentine's is usually, that's when I want the real special show. Because, you know, it's all about love and everything. So right. I always get excited. And I asked him, I said, were you being truthful or were right. you just talking out your ass? And he goes, no, I'm being very truthful. He goes, if you do that show, I will sign a check for you. To produce and, it. To produce it. And I said, well, it's December. And I said, I'm going to do it. And literally within uh, two days, that check was in my hand and we were off. But I really was moved. Not, um, I was going to say the only other show where I just felt absolutely like I've got to do this and I have to do it now. Time is running out was when my cat died. Yeah. It really was just hearing that. Olivia had now a third bout of cancer that she survived. Right. And it just started making me really, really, really emotional. And I, you know, we lost David Bowie and we're losing all these great artists. And I feel like Olivia Newton-John is probably one of the most wonderful, having given back to, if you listen to the lyrics of her song, she's been singing about trees and dolphins yes. and the earth and what we're doing to the earth longer than anyone. And when I just think of every, uh, and let's, let's don't count out her awful taste in men. You know what I mean? I mean, the guy she was dating that disappeared at sea. I don't know where Chloe's dad is. I heard he was living in a teepee last. So I just think about that and I thought people need to know how uh, more about her and then i start finding out that you know then the stuff comes where the guy that won the auction you know donated the money for the pink pink ladies jacket oh right they just had the then, auction and then gives it back to her you know yeah. and i think see she is so special and i feel like we need to celebrate her and i think the world is you know my god she's becoming a dame if she's not already right. a dame she so. has a new book out i listened to the audio it's not super dishy but i haven't I read it. i haven't read or gotten the book i yeah. really want to um so oh, don't stop believing don't which is one of her my, songs mine too i i tried to close the show with it but i could not find a vocal track that exists so wow you know. Now, does this story, does this show have a story like some of your Love Connie shows, or is it more of a collage, like a cabaret? It is a collage, but um, I love, I don't go in with a set story, I just kind of, I go just on my gut feelings alone, alone, along, alone. Um, It had started out where I thought... Oh, we're going to have to have a church choir. I'm going to sing live. I want to take Gimme Some Lovin' and I want to pull out every background vocal and do this live. And I, I it, so it, it was going one way, but it was going in a very early Olivia Newton-John country. Like I was doing right. a thing of like, this is just going to be volume one. Right. And because um, she really, I thought about my childhood and my first love of music. She really made me love music and it was... Her arrangements, her vocal arrangements, you know, it made me love harmony. Her 
counter melodies that are always on the second verse, and it's usually performed on flute or violin. She made me aware of counter melody and like that songs can have different melodies that go on at the same time. So a lot of that stuff, you know, I, my sister had the eight tracks. The first album I bought was Let Me Be There. So she's always been there. So when I did start putting the show together and I got two dancers, I started feeling that, wow, her music and the way her career evolved as far as she started out as a good, wholesome girl. Right. And she got grease. And then it's like, whoa, she's sexy and she has a body and look at her and then that went into physical and then you know it just evolved from there and I thought you know my our, I feel like for a guy my age my whole sexual awakening also kind of happened at the same time that Olivia's kind of career sexual awakening was happening you know by the time right. she gets to soul kiss and things like that um, so yeah, there's kind of a story there about, uh, I'd like to say it's a journey of kids who played dress up to her music to when we discovered our sexual identity to her music, the confidence to, you know, put on a tight black pair of pants and a sexy top and come out, go out there at the high school dance and rule the school, you know, and just to show a different facet of your personality, you know? I don't like when people say, oh, that the message of Greece is horrible. You have to change. And they always take it from the girl's, you know, her character. Right. And I'm going, he changed too. Yeah, he did. He's wearing a Letterman sweater the entire, but again, no one sees that the same way right. when Adam Levine takes his shirt off at the Super Bowl. It's, oh my God, he's so hot. He's so and hot. He's objectified. Yeah. And they can't get enough because boys have always got to run around with their shirts off. Right. But it's, there's always that double standard when it comes, you know, to a woman. But even with physical, you know, as, <clears throat> and, and, and Xanadu and all that kind of, there's inspiration in there and just evolution, but yes, it's definitely a sexy show. And, and also I have some good places where the Connie humor just comes out. Um, I don't want to give anything away, but there's one moment that I just can't wait to see the audience's reaction to just to see if they're going to go with me. Well, I always love your shows because you don't pick the obvious songs. You you do deep dives. Deep cuts, yes. Deep cuts. And I don't know if you want to <laughs> drop any of those on me, but um, well, I, I remember dropped... you once did Living in Desperate Times from Two oh, of a yeah, Kind in yes. your show, mm -hmm. and it was like, what a great song. Yes. Um, yeah, so you, you, yeah, you we don't do, have do a the obvious hits. Well, the weird thing is, like I say, when it started out, I was going back to all these country deep cuts because right. I, I really like loved a lot of these songs, and then... I decided I was going to drive from Los Angeles to Houston because I had to do a show and why I wanted to rent a truck and drive. Um, I don't know. But that was the moment when I said, you know what? I need to start from the beginning and I need to listen to everything. And I have everything Olivia ever recorded. And do you know that if you start with the first album in L.A., you can make it San Antonio, almost to Houston without repeating any songs. That's she amazing. Has that much work. And I wasn't even aware of stuff that she was putting out in the last 20 years. I, the last, seriously, the last thing I remember was uh, Back with a Heart when she did the remake of. With Babyface. Uh, with Babyface. Which love was you. 1998. Yeah. That was. 20 years ago. Oh my ago. God, 22 yeah. years ago. I cannot believe that. Yeah. She's had literally like. 
eight albums. I mean, stuff like the Hotel Sessions, which she recorded when she was on tour in hotels, that has a song called Best of My Love yeah. that I had never heard of. I think her nephew, uh, her sister's son, may have written it or something. There you go. She, she likes those personal connections. There's a song called Grace and Gratitude, which oh, yeah. she has done in concert and says that's the song that she wants to be remembered for. And if you ever hear it, your heart... Oh my God, don't make me cry, Dennis. I might. Heart will freaking break. And, um, ew, this is going to be awful to hear tears in my voice. (laughs) Tears in my voice. That would be a great Olivia Newton John um, song. Yeah, it's um, it's very emotional. Yeah, I know. I love that song. It is. And um, I literally cried every day putting the show together because, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. I'm sorry. No, this is, we love this on the podcast. She, um, I think, I think when we're all together as, you know, gay men or, you know my fans, middle-aged straight women. Yeah, um, <laughs> the Connie, bears, the Connie demo bears. I think we're all gonna really <clears throat> just appreciate <clears throat> how much that she's given. Yeah, in, in the way of her artistry. Uh, it was funny. I was at a show the other night. And one of my dancers. We were. T- I was like, oh, "Are you gonna come see the Olivia Newton-John show?" And he had this this honest question. He's like, "Is she really a great singer?" And I kind of looked at him and I thought, "Who would ever question?" If Olivia Newton-John is a great singer, well, and it's because you know a millennial or someone who she's not a whaler, she's it's not, not Mariah, again, she's once, not Ariana. Once Whitney she's a very Houston, sweet, pure voice, right? I think she's an incredible vocalist. Well, it is, but it's it's you've got to look at what time she came out of, what yeah. style of music she was, folk, pop. Those you're not ever going to say, oh, does Karen is Karen Carpenter? She really like a good singer? Yeah, uh, yeah, idiot. She's probably top five one of the most beautiful tones of yeah. voice you've ever heard the thing about olivia newton john is is technically pitch perfect you know yeah that, that's in all the bios perfect pitch and i think what really i loved about her is like you know take a song like a little more love when she is singing the repeat of the chorus at the end she sings that chorus different Every time it comes around again. And to me, that's a styling that Mariah Carey does. That we, They all do that. Right. But Olivia just has this soothing, melodic, like, you want her to sing you a lullaby. Right. Again, I would not... I'd let Whitney Houston sing me. I don't want Mariah Carey singing me a lullaby. Because I know she's going to wake me up at some point. Right. In the lullaby... Just when I'm drifting off to sleep, she's gonna hit Do a mouse. Riff. She's gonna hit a mouse fart. It's you know, <laughs> and it's gonna wake me up. Yeah. Well, I love <clears throat> the purity of Olivia's tone and her emotional connection to it. Like if you look at Suspended in Time in Xanadu, oh. that's one take, and yes. she is fucking in it. Yes. Um, but I also love the part of her voice. That's kind of her badass rock wailing, oh, very right. high pitched. <clears throat> she does a lot on the Totally Hot album. Oh yes, like where she's almost—it's like whoa, oh, caterwauling. Yeah. Uh, it, it's I, incredible. I call it. Uh, can we mute all of the black singers in the background and let white girl have her moment? Because and she, she's super I call high. It, I call it white girl scatting. I mean, she 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 does, and and it continued. You know. It continued through throughout the subsequent albums. It was like, oh, I've set the bar, and bitch, I'm going to high jump over it every right. album. Because there's a song I am obsessed with. You talk about deep cuts. The closing song on the Soul Kiss album. Do you know what it is by chance? Uh, it's not Queen of the Publication. No. 
Um, is it a ballad or fast? It's a ballad. Is it the right moment? It is. Yeah. I call it the song without a chorus. Yeah. It's this weird song. It's kind of haunting. That doesn't go anywhere, but it is absolutely haunting. So things like that are worked into the show. And But if you look oh, at lyrically it. like the right moment in in the show... It comes at a point where it's like, okay, you're just, let's say we're talking about our sexuality or our identity or the, what we want to do with our career. Like at that point, I was going, I really want to be a performer, but it's hard to tell your mom and dad from a conservative, you know, Southern Baptist raised family, how do you want to do that? And then it's like, well, how are you going to make money? Yeah. Um, and that song, The Right Moment is all about when are you going to step out? It's the right moment. Or are you going to let it pass you by? So I, I, I've placed some songs in there. Hopefully people will be focused on lyrics and listening. And, and again, it's, it's, it's still vague. It's still fever dreamy. Right. Um, and I will tell you, I will be losing my mind to please don't keep me waiting. And I can That's where she goes. That's the super highway. Off line. the chart. What do you call it? The... Uh... You just told white me girl name. scats, white girl scats, white girl scats. But that's wailing. I mean, that I don't. Uh, yeah, I yeah. I would love to sit her down on a one hundred and one and really track by track. Yeah, talk about everything that's talk going about on. It. I don't think she ever gets her due for being the pioneer in music video that she was. She was doing full length video albums before anybody. Well, she did that physical TV special. Yes, and well, Blondie, of course, did the first full length yeah. album in seventy nine. And then in 81, she did physical, and she did it for Soul Kiss. She even did it for The Rumor, which, if anyone's listening out there, that if you didn't make it past, you know, some people didn't make it past Soul Kiss, because remember, that was that, well, she was managed by the same people that were managing Tina Turner. So I felt like at that point, she was getting all of the Tina Turner reject songs, maybe some yeah. other songs that... I felt other... like they picked the wrong singles on Soul Kiss. Oh, they, I felt there oh, were better did. songs on the album than I mean, Soul, Soul Kiss, Kiss is, and Toughen Up. Oh, Toughen Up is awful. It's kind of lame. That was the one that was for Tina Turner, and Tina Turner said, that song is beneath me. And then here, and have it you seen the like video? It feels like a Tina. Oh, yeah. my God. Well, see, I always thought Soul Kiss seemed like a Tina Turner song, because you could totally hear Tina, because it's basically private. It's called Blowjob. It's, it's basically, it's, yeah. I always thought it was called Blowjob. It and it's, been. it's Private Dancer. Yeah. It's basically the same song, but you could hear Turner going, So kiss, yeah. you left me dragging yeah. dot step open. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I liked, um... Moth to a Flame Moth is to a such flame an is interesting great. song. Uh, Queen of the Publication is great about working at a tabloid and typewriter well, there's sounds. there's the one that where she goes heavy metal, Olivia. Isn't there a three-way one, too? Uh, emotional, tri emotional tangle, tangle is or is it emotional tangle? tangle. Then there's, I, um, I like the uh, Sunset Strip where she's going to uh, audition for Motley Crue. <laughs> I know it's unmistakable, radical. radical. What can't the three? three uh, that's the three-way song. Together. Yes, uh, it's, it's a, a culture shock. It's the yes. only hope we've got. Oh my God, you know it. Yeah, yes. well, for sure. I'm all about it. Um, you have to get into the Rumor album. I like the, it. Tuta I, La Vita is my favorite. On oh that. my God, Tuta La Vita. <laughs> Is it in the show? Crazy? No! Okay. Oh my God, it's All so right, crazy. Um, Why does it drive you crazy? It's so celebratory. It's. 
I guess so. It's just, it seems, there are just a couple of those songs that are so cheesy. Like, there's that one weird duet that she has with some weird guy. You were great. How was I? Oh, my God. It's yeah. just the worst. <laughs> the songs that I love from The Rumor are Big and Strong yeah. is amazing. Right. There's that song that reminds me of the regrouped Animotion. Remember the regrouped Animotion? I do not. With Cynthia Rhodes, Tina Tech from Flashdance. She was a part Alive. of it? Oh, Yes. Sure. It was the theme song to My Stepmother is an Alien, Room to Move. You don't remember? <laughs> <laughs> room to move. I don't. That's but, all you know, I need. That's on me. I'm sorry. She I married do. Richard Marks. Of course she did. Yeah. Well, anyway, the song uh, Teach the Children oh, reminds yeah. me a lot of, you know, yeah. Room to Move. I love it. How about um, that? I a, love regrouped, the... a regrouped and emotion tangent I... we just went on. And and then brought it right back around. <laughs> um, I love that you are t- calling the show A Little More Love, Connie, because A Little More Love, if you listen to it, it's one of the most sexually addled like she just has got to have that cock uh, it's so horny you know what i mean you. like it's just like well and it's sort it's of like prowling it has that prowling yeah boom, she cannot boom, boom. and, and it's, she's like it's I, almost it's almost like uh it's almost like a not like, like it's unhealthy and like she lets herself be abused almost it's it's a it's a little wow you're just yeah. going deep in there i, I am uh, I know that you'll have your way before you, know, you have it, to go home. It's, it's a little bit weird like rapey. It's, it's a, a weird rapey song. Those yeah. weird, you know. Well, and the thing that I was kind of going off on, and I, I will have to comment on it, Michelle, is the country songs are so damned codependent. I mean, every song is, if you love me, let me know. But if you don't, let me go. Yeah. But it's not about her. Like, leave. Yeah. It's no, if you, you, if you don't, let me go. It's like that freaking bachelor on TV. Yeah. It's just like, my God, girls, you know. Right. Even let me be there, a great, as great of a song yeah. as that, you know. That was all um, about that bass dude. Oh, listen, that was my mama's favorite. Yeah, I, she oh, yeah. loved that bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had a thought pop into me about Olivia. Have you met her? I met her very briefly in front of the... The Egyptian. Yeah. When they were doing... And I think you might have been there. It's when they were screening Tomorrow. T-O-O-R-O, oh, no. I didn't go there. The very first She was in a film. Did film. she show up? Oh, she showed up. Yes. That's amazing. She was shaking everyone's hands. She's, She's just so, super nice. By all accounts, and, incredibly and nice. And sweet. Yeah. I did get to meet her. They were showing Sorted Lives, the original movie at Outfest, which mm-hmm. she was in. Del Shore's movie. And they showed it at the Renberg. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was there with my friend Leslie Smith, who's sadly no mm-hmm. longer with us. Yes. And Richard Hubry, uh, who was a casting director and a and, and, uh, friend of mine at the time. And we were all super fans of Olivia. Mm-hmm. So afterwards, we all go up and we're going to have our moment with her. And I remember Leslie said that to her that, you know, my sister and I used to listen to your eight tracks in our basement. And I thought that was you don't want to say eight tracks. That, that's a bummer. Like, that's going to make her feel old. So I felt like Leslie didn't quite nail it. And then I was kind of like, I had my moment. And I don't even remember what I said. But I sort of, I think I asked her about the film. Like, was it a good experience? You know, I really liked the film. I was trying to make it like, I'm interested in what you're up to now. Now, yes. Right? I was trying to be that guy. And I didn't really, I don't think I made an impact. And then Richard goes up there. And he goes, you know, I have to tell you that song, Trust Yourself from Gaia, which is a <laughs> kind of obscure song that means a lot to her from, that's you know, her like best that's album. Her, yeah. yeah. And she's all about Gaia. She's mm-hmm. talking, you know, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, when I was coming out, that song really, really gave me strength and it really meant a lot to me. And she was like, oh my God, that's so sweet. And like, they really, I'm Richard so... fucking nailed it. Like between the three of us, 
by far the winner. I'm so and glad I said, to hear Richard, you say that. Richard, yeah. I said, that was incredible. You really won. And he goes, oh, yeah, that's not true. I made it up. Oh, my God. I was like, you can't make shit up in front of Olivia Newton-John. You know, that's, that's that thing that a lot of people, like, you know, when they, you know, like, Sylvia, let's take Sylvia Miles. For, let's, you know, let's take who just, her. Who just died recently. Yeah. And then, you know, people post about it on social media. And then you go look at the comments, and there is every male homosexual who has some... She was crazy. She was a bitch. I came up to say hi to her, and she treated me like shit because I didn't know any of her movies. And I'm like, well, then you're an idiot. You know? Why would you go up to Sylvia Miles or Tina Louise or Courtney Love? for? Why would you go up and bother them at not at least, you know, like, no, especially an older actress. It's like... That's what they, they want you to compliment them. All you have to do, you know, because I met Sylvia Miles was like the first celebrity or famous person, actor that I knew of that I met in New York. Right. What was the first thing out of my mouth? I love you and evil under the sun. And all I had to do was say that. And then do you know what I got in return? I got her <clears throat> doing Every line reading from that show. And I was in freaking stitches. Odell, if you were a man, I would divorce you. I mean, and she performed for you. And I'm just like, that's a win-win. You have to know their movies or their songs. You have to know something about them. Otherwise, just watch them from afar. Don't bother them. Because there are people like real fans like myself and you who actually, we, we had the Gaia album. Yeah. Guy is amazing because that was the post-cancer album it that was. she wrote and produced every song on the album. It, it is a, an amazing album, and it's in the show. It's in the show. I'm so glad to hear it. And, I'm, um, well, and your friend, even though he lied yeah, about that coming he did, out. He, he said he embellished. Like, yes. it, it, the timing was off, but he, he embellished. But that's what happens in my part of the show is Gaia represents the time of there's danger out there. There's sickness out there. You have to be strong, you know, to avoid that and to be aware of the dangers uh, that life will throw in your path, too. So that probably won't make a lot yeah. of sense. But you know. I do know. When you see it now, you'll know. Are you doing Full Country from Xanadu? I am. I thought you would because... We're just doing Fool, though. Yeah. Because I, I, I would never be able to make oh, that. Yeah. Don't think that I haven't thought, oh, my God. Fool is there is a way, costume-wise, that we could do yeah. the tap number into yeah. that? Um, it's a lot, but I, th- I thought you would because that rock and roll—that's uh, the one, right? Just full is. I'm not living in love for a while. It's uh, just um, the best. I became obsessed with this physical album when it was—I was a senior in high school. Except my full, just so you look know, at my that. Full, oh my god! No, no, it's it's. You're, well, I have to. Your full country. It, it, it's a little big, and I have to do something. Skirt. But, yes. Oh my god! I, I am sitting. Here it's right here in the room country. with us. It's I'm in the room where it happens. <laughs> um... Physical, I was That's obsessed. my physical sweatshirt. I just made that oh, at 3 o'clock in the morning last the night. best. Uh, and I wore that album out. Stranger's physical. Touch. Oh, my so favorite good. is Recovery. Because, you know, the pre-show. Don't love, I don't... Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, the pre-show features the songs that didn't make the show, but one from every album, which that's my other favorite uh, so thing. It, is, so I, so we're just sitting there, we're going to be listening oh, to Oh, please come, uh, get into that theater as fast as I you can so you can hear it. 75 minutes yeah. of deep cuts. I remember I bought four tickets when I was a freshman in college at Arizona State University for the physical tour. And, you know, I didn't know who I was going to take. And so I found one friend to go with me, and I just couldn't find anyone else that wanted to go. Really? I, yeah. So I didn't have a lot of friends when I was a freshman. Where was this? Arizona physical? State. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I put up 
at the time I was uh, Mormon. And I was, really? Yeah, I, I was raised Mormon. I and I remember going to the like the church on campus for like a week. I didn't once I got into theater, I was like, Oh, this, this is, is my, my church. church. Exactly. Um but I remember putting an ad on the bulletin board at the at the institute, the Mormon place, saying I have these two extra <laughs> tickets for Olivia Newton John if she anybody was, wants me. She was banned at that time too. Well, somebody so. wrote on it when they went back, somebody wrote on my little poster, Slut Rock. Ah and I was like I love it. Yeah, slut rock. Slut rock. I know. We should coin that. That's I know. good. I it's like good. It. And I was like, but I still, I don't, I don't even know who I ended up taking. But that was the, you know, she jumped rope. Listen, um, when we're... She sat on the steps and saying, I honestly love you. I pull from live concerts, TV specials, music videos, yeah. audio. That tour that you saw because heart attack i believe that would have been the tour that heart yeah. attack was so yes. it really would have been was it that well she did the physical tour but then she did the greatest hits volume two tour yeah which is olivia in concert 80 82 was on hbo but she at the end of the concert after she has jumped rope worked out remember she's chasing the backup dancers who were running from her she is going up and down stairs singing xanadu and i'm looking at him going my God, I mean, I know that was 30 years ago, but still, that is exhausting that you can maintain that. And I wanted to tell you that she was actually the second concert I was ever taken to in 1975 at the Monroe Civic Center. So I saw her, that would have been on the, um, like, something's, something better, uh, Clearly Love. Yes. Or maybe the Have You Never Been Mellow. Yeah. Do you know what my first concert was, which was a month before Olivia Newton-John? What? Elvis. Oh, my God. You saw I know, Elvis' I, concert. I saw Elvis, the first wow. concert, and then literally, uh, maybe it was a year later, but uh, it was very close at the same venue. I saw Olivia Newton-John. Incredible. Yeah. Um, I love the lyrics to Have You Never Been Mellow, because it's kind of about... It's a stoner song. It's or... kind of like, yeah, and it's also like... It's, you're sort of calling somebody out on their neuroses. Like, you're... Yeah, like, chill out. Chill out, dude. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's not like a, a love song or anything. It's more like you're getting worked up about nothing. Exactly. It's the you need to calm down it, of the it era. It is. What you... What, is that Ariana That's, or Taylor, uh, Taylor Swift? Swift. Did you ha- did you happen to watch the Taylor documentary on um I, I have it, but I have to say, for someone who I... Uh, again, I, I think she's super talented. I right. I think she, she's that... She's that talented songwriter that she just does the best with her yeah, lack of vocal ability. For sure. Like a lit, she's, you know, can sing better than Liz Fair. But I always go, I like a girl that even though you can't sing that good, you can you write entertain. And you, and again, she's so, I think she's so funny now. The fact that she's wielding her power and her success in such a good way that goes against the cor- corporate, because again, she's who you want to go after, uh, corporations who buy out labels because didn't she they bought her music and she was like oh really bitch i'll show you i'm gonna re-record every one of my albums on my own label then i'm just gonna so i love that i really really do and in this documentary she she really takes a big stand for glbt lgbt people Mm -hmm. and also the sexual harassment suit and all this stuff but she makes a point in the documentary which i really liked but she was like, women pop stars have to reinvent yourself every three or four years. Men oh, don't. Yeah. Oh, Men yeah. get to be the same their whole career. Well, I but did. Women, I you had have to, reinv- to reinvent. I had to reinvent myself. Yeah. You know, that 
it's very interesting you say that because she had several inventions. Like, do you talk about someone that really did reinvent herself? She absolutely did. And it was perfect timing because, you know, she was putting out two albums. Back then, you put out two albums a year. Now, granted, okay, I always use Blondie as an example of that. Olivia can put out two albums a year because back then they were taking songs from Chris Christopherson and Gordon Lightfoot. Right. And Helen Reddy had those same songs. Melissa May. They all recorded Help Me Make It Through the Night or, right. you know, whatever. So it's easy, you know, when you're submitted songs and you're an interpreter, you can put out two albums a year. It's still exhausting, though, if you think about it. Someone like Blondie that, you know, you have to get six rambunctious, you know, punks together, write an album, then tour, then, oh my God, another album's coming out. But back then they did that. And around the time of 77, so let's say Olivia had already done Grease or was filming it and she knew, she had an album out called Making a Good Thing Better, which I remember, see, so for my Olivia Newton-John trajectory, it was, the first album I ever bought was Let Me Be There, because I sang Let Me Be There in the first time ever at the Farm Bureau Talent Show in Tallulah, Louisiana. People still talk about it. Honey, I was dressed as Raggedy Andy, and I sang to a Raggedy Andy. Doll. I'm even going to bring back the original choreography. Catch you when you fall. I love it. Okay. Um, and um, so I can't remember what I was going to... Oh, making so good around, making good th- uh, around 77, after she had put out two albums a year, she had a deal with MCA Records, you know, and she said, I'm not doing any more records for you because you didn't promote my last record. And I had never heard about this, but she, again, this is before George Michael, Prince, they all, before they did it, she stopped and she said, you're not getting another album. And it was like, oh, really? And then she comes out with Grease, which was on RSO Records, so a totally different label, and look what happened. Yeah. The biggest album of all time. Did MCA Records, you know, were they really feeling that that was going to come out of Olivia at that time? No. They were ready to go, well, well, we got our Grammy Awards for I Honestly Love You, and now I guess it's time to move on to whoever the next big thing was coming up. You know, Dottie West, I don't know. Right. Um, but she really showed them, and she wound up staying on MCA Records for the rest, and but it's also interesting if you go into iTunes and things, and then if you look at Wikipedia, because I was looking at what label things are on, there's a lot of stuff on MCA, but then there's records she did for Mercury, and then EMI shows up. So this is all corporations swallowing up other companies, and then music, entire albums get lost. Yeah. Like, you can't find a lot of her stuff. And I think that really, I think that really does a disservice to artists also. It's like make if you you know make that shit available if you're not going to print up any more CDs or vinyl. Yeah, well, in her mm. new book, which I listened to on audio, that fight with the label was a major part. Oh, of it. really? Oh, yeah, good. And, 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 it, and it really does <clears throat> give it its due of like she was one of the first artists to stand up mm-hmm. in this way mm-hmm. and the, what, the courage that it took and like she writes about that and mm-hmm. I, was, I was like as a as a big fan I never really knew that business part of it. Um, but uh, I, Xanadu was a touchstone for me. Me too. I rem- I cut out. I still have it, I think. Did you know how to pronounce it? Because I remember how I originally thought. Because I remember, it was. I think it was the People magazine that she was on the cover of, Roller Skating. Yeah. It was that great cover. And then I was looking at it in the drugstore when I was probably in the sixth grade. And then on the back cover, 
it was Xanadu and it was that picture. And yeah. Then, but it was the deco letters that it made it look weird. And I thought it was Xandaw. I, I, I had no, yeah. I had never heard of that word. I didn't Neither know did what I. Xandaw was. But I ran home, Mama, Xandaw. Yeah. I saw Grease 13 times in a row. It played my little twin cinema in Vicksburg, Mississippi. 13 weeks in a row, it's first run. And I saw it every Saturday in a row. 13 times in a row. Well, what amazes me about Grease is the casting. Every person in that movie is perfect for it. From Dodie Goodman to Maxwell or um, Lorenzo Lamas, just like everybody. And their little moments, Susan every Butler, little moment, Patty Simcox, everybody, everything. Jan, everyone lands. Marty, which is why, you know, there's a big thing that people love to go. Why Grease 2 is a better movie than Grease. And then I just, you know, I'm that, you know, Generation X that just falls out laughing because I literally have more and more people that will sit there and try. And I'm like, I I get it. They're only saying that because of Michelle Pfeiffer's character, because she's a huge star. She's the only one that left Grease 2, you know, behind and came out smelling like a rose because... She's fucking Michelle Pfeiffer. She did have Cool Rider, the best song in the show, which doesn't sound like any song in Greece. Right. The whereas songs, other the songs, songs in Greece too. Is, well, because they're not good songs. Yeah. So it's like I can give you 30 reasons off the top of my head why Greece is better than Greece too. Right. And most of it is just um, Olivia Newton-John, John Travolta, Starker Chan. It's like, come on. Yeah. Eve, are, you know what I mean? Eve's in both. But even... You know, they just, they, it was just, it just wasn't, the music just wasn't as good. And if the music isn't good, your musical is not going to be as good in yeah. the story. Yeah, even if some of the gender roles and stuff are more better in this, or all of that Ex- stuff that people like to talk about. Exactly. If you don't, if you don't like the songs. It's still the same movie. They yeah. just switched parts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, the, the other guy even has a freaking accent. But wasn't he supposed to be Sandy's cousin or something? He might have been so Sandy's why. cousin. I, uh, I, in my hometown theater, the Roxy Theater, I remember going to a double feature of Grease 2 and Xanadu. Oh my so God. So Grease 2 happened. Well, Grease 2 was 82. Yeah. Wasn't so it? How would... Zan- I don't know. They somehow, I don't know. They it may happen. happen. And I think it, it wasn't right in their original run, but it was happening. And the power went out in the whole town during Xanadu. <laughs> like 10 minutes into it. And it was really pandemonium and so fun people were throwing <laughs> things and laughing it was just pure joyfulness that this happened and then we left and they wouldn't give us our money back because they said it was an act of god and i said you know it's not a great movie but i don't know if god would try to stop it right you know, but that was that's that's a favorite Xanadu memory. Were you at the s- screening that we all went to at the Henry Ford Theater that time for probably? Outfest? Yeah, and I had we, we all made shirts, Xanadu shirts. There were all of us. Oh, really? I yeah. don't remember that. I yeah. remember I being there, but literally, it, and it was one of those things that normally that would have been the most you know, it would have been the worst experience because everyone was talking back. Yeah, and scr- you know, because you know, gay men. Yeah. if there's one there, he thinks he's the funniest guy in the room, even though there might be ten thousand people there. Right, and it was happening. Everyone was the funniest person in the room. We, I just remember every comment we would. It was just this camaraderie of I love for this silly movie, and I have to say, it's like every we were laying part of. I mean, I don't want to give everything. We were laying part of the movie in the show last night, and I was just like, Dennis, I, 
literally like I am so it, like see y'all start crying I love again. It, it just okay, makes me so me. emotional. The weird thing about I guess what I what I do and and with drag and and again you talk about reinvention and you know I had I not discovered drag I don't know really what I would be doing you know because. You know, I love doing sketch comedy with the Nelly Olsons, which is how we met and everything. But, you know, those things can't last forever. And you also can't, sometimes you're just not satisfied, you know, with the opportunity that it's not giving you, you know. And now that I've been able to find a way to create a show that's not based on story as much, even though I wish I was better at story, there's just something about being able to create something that's an homage to especially to to women you know that that meant a lot to me as a kid now that i get to literally charge money and have people you know come and support me when again we're just doing what we did in our bedrooms when we were in the sixth grade i have a towel on my head and i've got a hairbrush and i am honey i am full and i am i am i am you know because i'm doing the yeah. my, my favorite is is when you I do know full, exactly what you're going to do you know oh yeah it's it's a, it's a, it's just it's that it's that, <laughs> it's that it's that the way she's running around right. those dancers uh, yeah. i always like to look at full and i like to go you know they they had to have shot the, no they had to have shot this in order because if you notice when she does the reprise of Xanadu, you know, yeah. when the muses are all in blue ice and everything, right. she's just standing there. You know, she just has to stand there and, and then yeah. do that. Full, she's moving a little bit, but I felt, felt like she had done so much choreography. And wait till you see the TV specials because her choreography, people forget what she was doing in these TV specials. I'm not going to say what it is, but but... She did a TV special one time that it was the number where my mother was having a cow. <laughs> my mother was like, she's just changed. And, I, you know, and I just, I couldn't believe it. But my, I, the, you know, it was scandalous. But th- to get to just kind of like live out now a 70s TV special. It's so are there like, clips in the show? Oh, yeah. The, it is non-stop Olivia oh my god because it's it's part of a lot of your shows are these incredible video collages that are so artfully put together and sometimes you interact with them and i love that you found love connie because as someone that's known you for a long time your frame of reference was always so specifically you and it feels like you found this vehicle where you get to do all your obsessions right exactly and it's like so fun to watch and go and see and and i mean it makes me happy for you that you found your place to do your thing. I, I am so... I really am. I'm so happy. I yeah. mean, I want to survive. It's not about... Right, it's ma- hard. Making my, I mean, it, it is. And it's like, you know, I'm still, you know... It, it's weird. I'm still in that, that kind of... You know, the water is still up to my chin. But yeah. it's that thing of where, hey, I, I, the floaty still has a little air in it. So I'm just going to ride it out. And again, I, I... I'm having more and more fun right. doing it every year, the older. That's every great. year it gets harder to do. I'm still having more fun. But you enjoy it, it more. Oh That's my God. amazing. Because I, I there's a lot of things that I do for the, because I like to do them, like this podcast, for example. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think when we look back, did we make a lot of money? Were we, you know, you're not going to remember get, that. You're going to go, you did the thing. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters is if you do yeah. the thing, you get to do the thing, mm-hmm. I think. 
Um, you did Connie Wood for the uh, World of Wonder channel. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't pay for the service because I. Can't it's pay. all on YouTube. It's I all know, on YouTube. I'm weird. Listen, I still don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't even know where podcasts are. Right. Uh, still, but the net people like it's on Netflix. That it's on Netflix, and I'm like. Is Netflix like the VCR? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, so, I'm scared of Netflix. How was the Connie Wood experience for you? It, well, I mean... Because it was, in a way, kind of a new platform. It was, and I, I have to say, it, again, even, you know, if you go back, you know, 15 years or when I first came to L.A., you know, and you'd be auditioning, you know, for film or TV, when I would have, like, my manager call and say, oh, you have an audition, what's it for? It's for this web series. I'd be like, no, no, uh, that's not real. That's not real work. You know what I mean? I really, that's just how my mind worked. I was like, I don't get it. Why would someone want to watch something on, and again, now it's like I've been, I think I've been proven that people do want to watch things on the interweb. But it was never, again, it was never something that, I felt like I could do because all of my reference are satires of existing stuff. So, you know, they would, World of Wonder would call, now I've known them forever. So it's not like, you know, hey, we've discovered. It's like, they know me. They know what you do. We have a very real rapport. So when they call me and they're like, hey, can we, we want to get, you know, we want, we have a, platform we have cameras editors green screens all this stuff they're like come over here and just do something and then my response is well what would i do anything well what do you mean anything it's like you can't get the rights to a blondie song you know i won't be able to have a film background uh, you know we can't use king kong for me to interact with you know and then i remember um i was told well trixie and katcha um, did a webisode and they talked about eyelashes for five minutes and it got over uh, 10 million views. And my response to that is, not from me. <laughs> I, I could not be less interested in right. watching two drag queens right. talk about lashes right i don't even know i don't even wear lashes right because they annoy me you know that i'm also that type of a drag queen it's like um you might see me on stage and my fingernails might look like that you know because right. i forgot i forgot to paint them you know what i mean right. it's uh, so it's not your aesthetic it's not my aesthetic and it's yeah. not something that i s- subscribe or prescribe so I couldn't get it. But you found but, your way to Connywood. Exactly. But again, that was like three years ago. And they asked me for like over a year. We shot something at Christmas time. It was never you. You know, because again, we just were, it's kind of like a comedy show. It's like, I don't know what we're doing, but let's just, let me dress up, get a camera and we'll run on Hollywood Boulevard. Right. But then when I got on the show and everything and, and. That was kind of a, that was a big moment in a sense that, you know, RuPaul has always supported my shows and Fenton and Randy, uh, at the executives at World of Wonder have always, they've always supported me. So they know who I am. Um, and you got to be on Drag Race. Yes. What was that so, like? Well, again, like it had been, we, you know, they had asked me, like, Yeah, you, you weren't a consider? contestant. You came on right. and did a bit. But they had asked me, they were like, would you ever consider, you know, auditioning and everything? And I'm like, it's not it's not really my thing. I don't even lip sync, and I'm not a very good lip syncer. There are only, like I say, there are really only three artists that I think I can pull off 
a lip sync to. One of them, luckily, is Olivia Newton-John. Uh, the second one would be uh, Lisa Hartman, you know, from <laughs> North But it works. I'm telling yeah. you, look, I just got chills just mentioning, <laughs> just the idea of me lip syncing Lisa Hartman. Talk about, you talk about two white girls that sing hard and throw, Ann, you know, four, throw Anne Margaret in there. Yeah. Sing it hard, you yeah. know. And the other one would be Bobby Gentry because she's country. And even though I'm not a big fan of country music, Bobby Gentry writes songs about you know, the tadpole pool yeah. I was born in, Mississippi right. Delta. So I feel like I can convey that emotion, you right. know, about what it's like, you know, to, you know, to go crawdad, you know, hunting and, you know, mud bugs and all that stuff. So, um, I, again, I did fill out that freaking, oh my God, let me just say, don't ever trash a drag queen for getting on that show. If you get on that show, you had to go through a lot of the, the shit. application problem process. It is it is it's it's ridiculous, honestly. Right. It's just like, uh but I again, if I was twenty two, I would probably be going through that application going, Oh my god, this is so much fun. Yeah. But now as a bitter old queen, I'm like, Jesus Christ. No. Um, and it was so funny because the year that I auditioned, one of the things that they had to do <laughs> was they, in the audition, they're like, you're going to act out this scene from Basic Instinct. So I was like, Boom. oh, I have, oh, I'm on. I'm yeah. on, guys. Yeah. I'm going to win. I'm going to win the season. Um, but obviously I didn't get on. But it was that funny, funny thing where, you know, I know there are people over there that had seen me live, but there are people over there that work that haven't ever seen me live and unless you've seen me live you're not ever gonna really get, get to feel because it's a feeling it's an energy thing yeah. that will never translate via youtube which is another reason why i really didn't want to get into the web series things yeah. because i didn't i'm a live performer i like performing live that's right. what gives me joy don't think i don't love being on a set i love filmmaking i think it's yeah fascinating to do takes and different and this angle and that it's fascinating i love it i love it i love it but again i just didn't know what to do but once the I, okay, so flash forward after like okay, you're not going to be a contestant. That it's like right, no shit. I told you that. Right. You know now you had to humiliate me by not putting me on the show when they were like you're a shoe in. Um, uh, but just so you know, it's not rigged. See, I I, I, right. I should have been a shoe in, and they yeah. said no. But they kept wanting, you know, and again, some but of they the, love what you do, and yes. they were trying to find the there's right spot. We want to shine a spotlight. On I would this. come in and maybe like pitch, you know, a couple things, or I would write out a list. It was like, hey, maybe this would be good. And there was something about like a boot camp because you know I'm obsessed with that show, Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders making the team. Sure. Which, if you've never watched it, just go back and watch it. It's the best show ever. The way they have to choose. The girls for the Dallas Cowboys, whether it's well, I don't want to get into it. All right, but um, um, but I love the character on that show, Miss Kitty. It's the girls that need a little extra push that aren't hitting it. Right, you know what I mean at Cowboy <laughs> Stadium. Right. So those girls that they're like, she's got potential. I believe in her. Let's send her to Kitty. Yeah, honey. They go over to Kitty, and Kitty's like, lock it up, you know. Yeah. And I thought if you could somehow. You know, like I, my original idea was every, I thought every eliminated character can come to Connie boot camp and we'll like, we'll go back and burn that place down. Right. And they were like, oh no, we did drag you. That's very drag you. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, well, I give up. And then they called and they're like, hey, we think we have something. And they're like, um, 
aerobics. And I'm like, well, that's my life, you know, yeah. aerobics. I, I did that all. And then they were like, okay, well, we have this idea that you'll come on as RuPaul's personal trainer. And the minute they said RuPaul's personal trainer, I said, now we're on to something. This is going to be good. But, you know, the reason it was good is because we prepped it out. We said, this is what I'm going to do. This is what you're going to do with the girls. And it was well rehearsed and, and we nailed it. And, and it was, was, it, was it one episode or was it several? It was, a, it was one, no, it was one episode, but it was one of those things where, okay, I have to, I'll tell you another little inside story. So again, and this is the story of my life. You'll totally nod and go, yep, John, that's totally you. So when I show up, you know, no one knows me. And they're like, oh, this is where you'll be dressing. And I'm like, okay. And I went into my dressing room. There was like a bottle of Voss water and a toothbrush and some toothpaste. But that's it. You know, they had craft services elsewhere and everything. So then I got into costume, my little aerobic wear, and I went on the set. And I did all that thing. And we only did it in, like, it. most of it was one take. I think we might have shot one section twice. But it was done very fast. And it was, it was, it you could not have asked for it to go better. But it's when I looked at the guys behind the camera and I saw that they were dying. They were laughing. And again, I, there's no script there. You know what I mean? They'll give you a guideline and then you're just off, you know, and I don't like that. I like to be prepared. So sometimes, and also my mouth gets me into trouble. You know what I mean? So there were some, some things that I was horrified at that got left in there, but luckily. But it worked out so good. So then they were like, Hi, we want you to come back tomorrow. Uh, we want to put you at the end where the girls are doing their big thing. And I was like, okay, great. So I show up on set the next day and I was going to go up to my room where I was dressing. And they were like, oh, oh, it's not ready quite yet. Okay. When I did finally go up to the room, laid out in swag for days, for days. And I thought, isn't that interesting? You know, I'm just the same person I've always been, you know, as a performer and you show up and there's nothing and then they finally see what you can do. And then it's like, they're throwing everything at Like what feet. kind of swag? Like, oh, well, my God, like, you know, this beautiful face oil, this yeah. soothing oil, you know, sh hair products, hair stuff that's like, you know. I, you know, again, it would have been stuff to like make you feel special and valued. Yeah. Yes, it and was, and like know. we we appreciate what you do exactly. But it was was only after you proven yourself. But it was only I had to go in there and prove myself. It couldn't be that I I got they booked me on yeah, there. Yeah, you know. And I was talking to like a friend of mine who who was a cele who was one of the celebrity judges at one point, and I was telling him the story. And after I said, and then the next day I had all this swag and he goes, oh, good. Cause the first day I showed up, they had all my shit out. And I was like, of course they did. Because you know, you're on one of the highest rated TV shows, right. but me, I'm a piece of shit, you know? Yeah. Um, did the know, exposure, um, what was the exposure like? Did you hear from new people? Did you get new fans, followers or people come to your shows? Honestly, I really was looking at, at it as, as this is, this is your last chance, you know, John as far as Connie and what I really thought was going to happen from it was that people would start booking me. But then you realize just like the industry, like with casting directors, you're always going to be typecast. So it, whereas it got me, Oh my God, like 10,000 more Instagram followers, which I have to say, I absolutely love. Yeah. And I engage with, listen, can I also, the, the thing that I think I would, 
want people to know is I, I, I'm such an easy target because of my age, you know, um, how I've, you know, I'm a little overweight now. I did not receive, I have not received one bit of, you're disgusting, go kill yourself. Maybe it's because I'm just older that they know you can't get away with telling an old grandpa that. It's not, you know, whereas you would do that to a 21-year-old drag queen. But it has been positive from everyone. I don't care if they're from Finland That's awesome. or Australia. No haters at all. None. Not even bitchy queens that are like, girl, that blend. That they, no, they don't. Which is, they know. It's like they know I know. They know I know and they know it's not important to me because they because know. Because of how you present. I'm a performer and I, listen, just like I'll tell people, I'll stand next to the Pope on Judgment Day. I am confident in how I've lived my life. It doesn't scare me. So if anyone wants to put me against, you know, Valentina, well, of course her makeup's going to be more beautiful than mine because that's what she's good at. It's not what I'm good at. So there's no, you know, I'm getting better at it and I like, you know, but it doesn't matter because it's not not where my talent lies. It's not what your vibe is. But the, you know, the thing about Drag Race, you know, after all that happened, you know, that's when the web series, they were like, come on, you've got to do this because, you know, I was getting feedback where they said the episode is amazing. They're like, it's the best episode in, of the season and everything. And I'm like, okay, we have to do this. The good thing about the web series is I, I said I was not going to, I did not want to do green screen. I'm like, we have to make it look like a series. So... I wanted to go out in Hollywood. I wanted to be in front of that. We didn't know that you can't shoot the Hollywood sign. So we were guerrilla filmmaking this thing. And again, that's what then got me back into John Waters. And then I started having fun. Now, whether we're going to do a season two, well, we thought we were, but I don't know, you know. But overall, uh, it was a positive experience. Oh my God. The I'm so glad. The most positive experience. Yeah. Like, like seriously. And um, again, it was just... They have a really good thing over there in a sense that they have a place for you, you know? Yeah. You know, if you're, you know. I love it. I have my phone and I have an Olivia Newton-John quiz on here. Oh, let's do it. Um, Let's see if I can uh, play the quiz. Mm -hmm. Okay. We we could do this together. Um, Which of the following singles by Olivia did not reach number one in Britain? Summer Nights, You're the One That I Want, Hopelessly Devoted, or Xanadu? Ooh. Um, Who knows? God, Summer Nights? Let's do Summer Nights. No, it's Hopelessly Devoted. How weird. Such a big hit here. I Honestly Love You was co-written by... Peter Allen. Peter Allen. Boom, yep. Which of the following did not reach number one on the U.S. adult contemporary chart? Oh, come on. These, These are weird. Uh, have you never been mellow? Which that we was talked about. One. Please, Mr. Please, great song. That was probably number one. Sam, hopelessly devoted to you. I would say Sam. Yeah, I love Sam. Sam though. was one of her best songs, though. Hopelessly devoted to you did not. Really? That is so weird. Okay. Sam is one of the few pop songs written in three, four time. I love it. Which Which of the following Olivia singles was not a remake? Sam, Jolene, Banks of the Ohio, oh, Ohio. What is life? Sam. Sam, I think was What original. is Life is George Harrison. Yeah. Banks Boom. of the Ohio is traditional. And what was Olivia's first husband was John Matt. Easterling, oh. Travolta, Matt Latanzi, John <laughs> Farrar. It's Latanzi, right? Yes. She wasn't married before that. No. Okay. Olivia represented UK at Eurovision the year yes. that it was won by... 
ABBA, ABBA. Isn't it? Yeah, that's, Waterloo. That's one of the choices. Yep. Before achieving solo success, Olivia performed in a duo with... Pat and Olivia! Yeah, Pat Carroll. Pat Carroll, yep. In 2012, Olivia released a Christmas album recorded with Travolta. Oh my god, Travolta. that crazy Travolta. That train... It that freaks me out. I'm so, so glad I'm so glad that she's moved on from that, because that was the moment where you're like, oh my god, wrong road, Olivia, wrong road! <laughs> I love their bond that, over too. time, but it, but but then there's it's a dangerous bond. It, 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 it it's can one of those be. things. It's like you're okay. You can't be holding coffee mugs in front of a. You know what I mean? That's yeah. cheesy. Yeah. But when he puts on a leather jacket and she put it on that poodle skirt and they went to that sing along, like seriously. Yeah. Again, gonna break down and start crying my yeah. eyes out. Yeah. I just love them so much. In 1990, Olivia reached number one in Australia with a live album, oh. the deluxe edition of Xanadu, a duets oh. album with John Farham, or the Grease Megamix. Oh, wait, in 1990? 1990. Um, it's not the John Farham album, but that is a great yeah. live album, let me tell you. And you know what they call him in Australia? What? Farnsey. It's Farnsey. So, I know, so I've never cute. heard of him. Um, what were the choices? A live album, a deluxe edition of the Xanadu soundtrack, Duets album with John Farham, Grease Megamix. I think it was Grease Megamix. I think so too. Because that's when Grease Megamix yes, was we were right. coming back. Elton John co wrote and co produced a single by Olivia entitled, I know this. Once the Rumor Spreads. It sounds like such a. And Elton you know what's John funny? Song. Is, you know, he and Bernie just uh, wrote won uh, the, the song Man, for yeah. the Rocket Man. And Elton goes, Hey, it's the first song we've written together. And I go, No, bitch, you wrote the rumor for Olivia Newton John, both of you. Right. Bernie and Elton, so... No, I think it's the first award they won. Oh, first award they won? I was going to say, they've written... They've written a million songs together. millions of songs together. I think it was the first time they were awarded something for something they did together, which seems amazing. Well, who looks like a fool now? Me. Which of the fool... Which of the Wherever you go. You know, I still don't know the lyrics. I should look up the lyrics before. (laughs) Okay. I thought it was, you're reminded... I can't I wait. You know what? At the end of this, let's look up the full lyrics. Okay. Okay. Which of the following has yet to duet with Olivia? ELO, Cliff Richard, Barbara Streisand, Andy Gibb. Barbara Streisand. Streisand. Yeah. Could you imagine? Oh, That'd remember be Andy awful. Gibb? Oh, In 1977, Olivia released a remake you of the You know, Victoria song. Principal killed him. Just She just did it? Him. <laughs> uh, she released... In 1977, a remake of the song from the stage musical Jesus Christ Superstar, Hair, Evita. Tommy, Avita. Avita, girl. Yeah. Even back then, they were like, well, we've got to consider Olivia Newton-John for the part. Yeah. All right, so that's enough fun stuff for that. Oh, that was I fun. think we did good. There's more, but you know what? We gotta, we're like going to wrap it. it up soon. I love it. We did good. Um, we were going to look up the full lyrics. We can do it after. Don't um, forget we have these. Oh, yeah. You have a, a few questions from the observation deck. That's from the observation deck. Uh, yeah, I have to be home by two because I'm... On a call with my Facebook advertising person for the game. So oh I'm in good shape. We're fine. Um, here's a fun one. Who's the most famous or memorable person you've ever been in an elevator with? Oh, I have the best elevator story good. involving Melissa Leo. Do you remember, you know, Academy yeah, yeah, Award yeah. winning actress? She's brilliant. She had been around forever. And, you know, as you can see, I love to collect old movies. Right. I also love any movie where the lead character is a prostitute or a teenage runaway prostitute, whatever. So there is a film Melissa Leo did. It was her first film. She's young in it. And it's uh, called Streetwalking. And it's got Julie Newmar in it, all these random people. So I was at, I believe it was AFI or something, and maybe The Fighter. She, it was before her Consider This Oscar campaign. Right. Um, And... 
the we were on the roof of the parking structure over at Arclight, where the dome is, and the elevator doors opened, and me and I guess a friend, or maybe it was me by myself, was getting on the elevator, but Melissa was getting off. Right. And as she got off, I was in the elevator, and I said, Melissa, Melissa, and she turned around, and she smiled at me, and I go, I have to tell you, I love this one movie you did, and she goes, what movie is that? And as the elevator started to close, I said, street walking. And she goes, <laughs> and the elevator door closed as she was giddily laughing. Giddily laughing. And just and like, she was clearly no delighted. one has ever, yeah. you know, and I thought, oh yeah, you were great in the fighter. You yeah. were wonderful in frozen river, but street walking. Yeah. Brilliant. With an apostrophe. It sounds like yep. what's something you've worn only because someone else wanted you to. When you were a kid, did your parents make you wear anything that you didn't want? Oh, well, hand-me-downs. Yeah. I, you know, there are school pictures with, like, turtlenecks that were my brother's that right. I loved. My mother had, she had really bad taste in, she had brilliant taste in clothes for herself, the worst taste in shopping for others. She wanted to always pick out, you know, a rust sweater. Right. Like, I, you know, I was into, again, to quote Drew Drogi. Bright colors and bold patterns. That's right. That was your thing. I can remember her like, they'll call you a fruit. They will call you a fruit. That was the warning. Mom, they call me a fruit anyway. Yeah, they they kind of make my living. (laughs) And we were at merry-go-round. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what does your family think of of Love Connie? Well, you know, they've never, until um, this past November, no family member had ever seen any, any show I had done since... Six Flags over Texas. Wow. Yeah. And then what happened recently? Um, well, I got somebody... booked in um, um, Houston to do the French Festival, and I have a lot of cousins. I have a lot of people I went to college with at a Southern Baptist University, yeah. and my brother lives there. My brother is very, you know, conservative, pretty, stra- I would say pretty straight-laced and right. everything. He's, he's not... It's not like me at all. His emotions are very controlled, you know. Yeah. Um, he's very funny, though. He has a great sense of humor. So, and it was at a really great venue. So I did the show, and, I mean, I it, it was a wonderful experience. It's like all the, my cousins loved it. The girls that I went to college with, you know, were great. And my brother was, he is, yeah, he's wonderful. So that must I mean, have meant a lot. It was great. I mean, my, I'm from a family that has a good sense of humor. Right. I don't, I think if they heard about something, they might be like, I don't think I want to see that. But when it's presented for you and it's like, just go see it. Then I think they get, I think, I think he got what I do. You yeah. know what I mean? That's, I think that's the most part, whether they like it. I mean, that's relative. It's art. Not everyone is going, you know. He but they likes, were there. Yeah. That's awesome. He likes, you that know, my he phone. likes football games. Yeah. You know, he's yeah, a yeah. sports-minded guy. But I think he, respe- I could tell that they respected that. Oh, you got that video? You got, wow, this took a lot of work, time, money, you know. Yeah. Maybe he's not a bum. You know? I love it. Yeah. Tell people how they can come and see your show. You can go to www.cavernclubtheater, that's theater with an E-R, dot com, and the first two weeks are almost sold out. We have tickets available for the Sunday shows, but I just added a third weekend. You're doing a third weekend? Yeah, we're going to do a third weekend. So it opens this Friday the 7th? The 7th, 
and then we're there Valentine's yeah. weekend, and then the 21st and the 22nd. I love that you added shows. i got to figure Me out too. when I'm coming. Yes. Um, we love Olivia so much. I do. Yeah. I love her. She's such a goodness, wholesome... It's all so good, and if people right? come see this show, you're just you're going to be educated. You're going to learn so much about her, and hopefully learn a little about ourselves, too. I love that. And this is my final question. Is there something about Connie's personality that you try to use to embolden yourself in your own life? In other words, like, I can express this thing. Connie would be like this, so I, I'm going to be more like this. The weird thing for me, like, with the whole identity stuff that comes around, um, that is around, um, it just made me, it kind of made me aware you know, because, I mean, obviously I identify as male, and then you get with the whole drag thing, and now with, you know, trans drag perform, you know, it's, right. the lines are all so blurred. But with identity, the one thing that I think Connie helped me realize was when I'm watching a film, I don't identify with male characters at all. Interesting. I, only, I know, and it, I never realized this. Um the first film I ever remember being really moved by was Poseidon Adventure. And those four female characters, I think, are some of just the best written female characters. They're archetypes. They're vivid. The, they're memorable. Uh, the innocent, you know, girl that's in love. The old, tired slut that's seen it all. Right. The lead singer of the band. And the woman that, of course, you know... Saves the day. That saves the day that thinks she's too fat, you know? Yeah. It's like, we can identify with all of those. We've always been in love with an older man or a preacher like Pamela Sue. Right. We want to be Debbie Harry like Carol Lindley. Yeah. We're all sluts like Stella, and we're all fat, you know? (laughs) And I always, you know, I love to say that. Like Shelly Winters. Well, we all have that because, you know, we're so focused on our physicality and not being fey and everything that... You know, we eat our feelings yeah. and then blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't until Jackie Brown, you know, that that happened again where I saw a movie and I went, oh, my God, I'm, I relate to every female character in here. The thing about Jackie Brown is that it was when I was older. And again, the characters were a lot more flawed than the characters in the Poseidon Adventure. So there was some perspective there. And I'm like, hmm. And then I thought, oh, my God, I, I yeah, Jamie Lee Kirk. And, and it's really doing the show's. You know, because, again, I'm working on this other show called, that I'm thinking maybe for next year, called Heart of Gold. Because, uh, again, you know, Valentine's, I like to of course. love into the title. But I want to do Heart of Gold, and that's going to be a dance number based around every prostitute character in film. So I'm going to do Melanie Griffith, Holly Body. I could do Jane Fonda and Clute. Uh, Rachel Ward and Sharky's Machine. Right, you know, all of them. All of them. Uh, Irma LaDuce, you know, there's so much. So it's, it's yeah, that did kind of help me just kind of go, oh my God, dude, you identify as a woman. Yeah, and, and, film. and Connie's given you a place to put all of those things. This wonderful, yeah, this wonderful yes. and yeah. to entertain at the same time. So I'm going to leave you with one little Olivia obsession. Are you also obsession obsessed with the way... Um, and have you never been mellow where she says, kick your shoes off? Oh, I love it. I'm like, foot, is that a foot fetish or yeah. what? <laughs> well, you know. There, what goes before it? No. Uh, running uh, around as, as you do, do with your yeah. head up in, in the, the clouds. clouds. I was oh, like you. Never had time to lay back. 
kick your shoes off, close your eyes. It's that little kick thing that she does. One thing that, you know, now that, you know, when we've been editing things, Mr., the guy that I edit with, Mr. Dan, will be like, oh, do you hear her big inhale before her nose? She is, Olivia is a very breathy singer. And when I come out in my first song, you're going to hear a lot of feel. I mean, there is yeah. a lot of breathiness and sexiness that's in there. You know what we didn't talk about that we just have to what? mention? Koala Blue. Oh, Go- yeah. Google it. Google image, When y'all. I first moved to L.A., it was on Melrose <laughs> Avenue. It was her store. And I would go get a blue milkshake. And you would always uh, buy uh, the... Uh, the brand they stuff. had blue milkshake. They had blue milkshake. Was it at Fred Siegel or something? What it, was, it was going it, it on? It was in that area. It was on that. It was on that strip. I, you know, when I mention it on Facebook, people be like, "Oh my God, I worked there in the eight And I'm going, "No, what? Yeah. Where are these people?" Because I want someone to do the Koala Blue documentary. And I, she I, talks about it in the book, in the audio book. Oh, I love it. So, I can't anyway, wait. I, just, I love that you're doing the show. I can't wait to see it. I'm so um, inspired by what you do. And thank you for doing the podcast. I love you, Dennis. Love you, Jordan Campbell. Bye. Thanks again to John Cantwell for putting together a show that sounds like it was created just for me. Uh, A little more love, Connie. Go see it at the Cavern Club Theater. Okay, so this happened. Um, I'm a member of Gallica, which is a group of entertainment writers, LGBTQ uh, entertainment writers and critics and stuff. And we have awards every year, the Dorian Awards. And I've talked about it before on the podcast, but we had the sort of celebration. It was sort of a brunch cocktail toast moment this past Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, it was at this beautiful home in Hancock Park, um, and Olivia Wilde showed up to to accept the We're Wild About You Award, or something, I, I don't, I forget the name of the award, but it's for just her as a creative person, uh, actor, director, and writer, and also for her movie Booksmart, which was wonderful, and she was so charming, and talked about um, how important showing all kinds of representation is uh, in in our culture. And she talked about how scandalous it was back in, I guess it would have been the early 2000s, when she was on the OC, and she played a character who kissed Misha Barton, who had a lesbian flirtation with Misha Barton. And everything was like bombshells and, oh my God, and Fox and warnings and a whole thing. And uh, a lot has changed since then. And much of it for the better, especially in that area. So, um, made me want to go watch Booksmart again, because it's so good, and I'm going to do that soon. And also, surprisingly, Antonio Banderas showed up. He won the award for Best Actor for Pain and Glory, and was invited, but hadn't RSVP'd or anything like that through his people, and he just showed up to get his award, and we were all kind of agog and delighted. And so, he had a leather jacket on, kind of some cool jeans, boots. He was bringing it. Um, so that was cool. So... Two uh, of my favorite movies last year, Pain and Glory and Booksmart, got honored, and that was a really cool thing to be a part of. So I'll leave it there. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone.